that generally say that. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Portal to the Paranormal Thriller Podcast. I hope you've all had a great day. Um, tonight, we have a great guest joining us, um, Karen uh, Frey. Uh, she is the um, advertising executive for Haunted Magazines, co-founder and director of Keep Paranormal, also co-founder and co-owner of Par um, Festival of the Unexplained. Um, and she's also a medium and holistic therapist joining us tonight so guys as always if you've got any comments or any questions that you'd like to ask please throw them in the chat and we'll put them up and get Karen to answer them for you but what I'm going to do is bring Karen on now hi right there, Karen. How you doing? that was a bit of a mouthful wasn't it she does this 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 it's like reading my cv you got loads going on, haven't you? Keeping yourself busy. Um, and like I said, um, before we started the live, I've got a few things that I want to go over with you, you know, based on everything that you're doing. Um, but firstly, thank you very much for joining us and agreeing to take part in the podcast. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, to be perfectly honest. Good, good. Well, what we'll do, we'll go straight into it then. Um, so as I said, we it's like just reading off a CV for you. You've you're involved in quite a lot of things um, involving the paranormal. Um, but what I want to do before we go into each section of that, how did it all start for you? What got you into the paranormal? Actually, the investigating side of things was watching TV programmes throughout the years, like everyone else. Um, <clears throat> and I always like, had an interest and was intrigued by it. Not just myself, but... Um, my husband Eddie as well and it literally all started because we randomly there was an investigation literally five minutes from our house okay and it was sold out we spoke to our friend about it. He's like, oh yeah I've been on the waiting list for six months so what well it's the first we've ever heard of it anyway cut a long story short um randomly I think it was like cars for sale page or something crazy there was three ghost hunt tickets available. Really random, completely mm. weird kind of to place to find them. Um, and he was like, do you want to go? And I was like, uh, yes. So we bought them. We went to our first investigation, had absolutely fantastic night. Then the team put up, they were looking for one new team member. So we both didn't take it seriously. We were like, do you know what? We should we both apply? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do it. So we both applied. Like I said, there was only one space. But we obviously made a good impression on the investigation because we were then taken on. And yes, we all started from there. So we worked for that team for four years. The fourth year we set up Keep Paranormal because mm -hmm. um, we weren't going out investigating because we worked for HD Paranormal. And that was when James started doing How My House Is Haunted. So she wasn't around that much. We weren't really going out. Um, so we said to her, would you mind if we set up our own team? Because, you know, we're missing going out, basically. Yeah. So we did both for a while. And then we got so busy with 
everything we were doing. It's just, unfortunately, it was a kind of what do we do situation. Um, so we left HD, continued with Keep Paranormal. Yeah. Um, we were already putting conventions on, but they're like one day events. So, yeah, that's basically how it all got started. Went on an investigation, our first ever one. A fortnight later, we were a part of the team. Absolutely brilliant. And, you know, a bit mad, really. It, you know, it is this sort of field is not your usual thing to get into, is it? You don't, mm. you know, I'll be honest, I've only been doing it since 2001, and I never realized how popular the paranormal field actually is. No. Um, it's actually amazing as well. Um, and with regards to your, um, let's start with the investigation side of things. So keep mm -hmm. paranormal. Um, you know, you've been doing it for quite a while. You know, what kind of things, like everyone seems to do things differently when it involves like events and getting your guests involved. What kind of things do you do with your guests to get them involved and make the most out of their evenings that they're with you? Okay, so whenever um, we, well, I now, sorry, uh, run events, um, the way we've always done it is the investigation is the guest investigation. We are there to lead the group. That's mm. how I look at it. It's not my it's, it's it's not my investigation. It's the public's investigation. Yeah. So if it's a public event, it's all about them what they want to do. We have the equipment. Obviously, I have the medium side of things. Mm. So it is literally at the beginning of the night. Okay, it's your investigation. If you've got your own kit, use it. We've got kit you can use. So you tell us what you want to do. If we have new people that have never done it before, then obviously we make suggestions and say, well, we've got this and we've got this. And we'll explain how different things work because I've now had to learn how all the equipment works because uh, my husband was the tech guy. So he <laughs> was the one that bought all the equipment that we've got. So, and I've never really got involved with that side of things, with equipment and tech and all of the rest of it. So I've actually had to learn now um, what stuff is and what it actually does and how it works. Because mm. I've never really needed to before. I've had like minimal information and that's all I've ever needed. But yeah, we that's the kind of way events have always been run with us is a case of, like I said, it's a public's event. It's not ours. And we allow them to lead the way, basically. And that's the way always done it. Like team shares and stuff, obviously a completely different situation because a team knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, we just mark out who's doing what, when, which areas, and, and that's it. Off you go. You know, as you know yourself, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of what we do is also helping educating people in a way. I don't mm -hmm. know if you agree, but some people that turn up to our events you know don't know you know they're doing it because they've seen it on tv and they want to mm -hmm. try it out in real life and it sometimes it's a shock but then sometimes you get those nights that it's just completely dead excuse yeah. me but you know <laughs> nothing happens it's just one of those things um you said that a lot of your um skills lie in being a medium um for mm -hmm. yourself you know and that's what you've relied on over the years of running your events how did you get into being a medium was it something that was it like a gift early on or something that you yeah. learned, if you don't mind me asking? No, it's literally, I've, I've done it for as long as I can talk, <coughs> um, which is quite a few years. I won't <laughs> say how many, but quite a few. It was a big birth of this year. Let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, pretty much. And when it comes to doing like public events and things, I don't always work mediumship wise because okay. not everybody 
wants that. Some people like to come along, they want to use the tech, they want to use their own kit, um, and they just want to investigate. They don't want someone in their ear telling them everything. They want to go because they want to learn and they want to have an experience. I will, if the, the group are happy with me doing that or they'll be asked at the beginning of the night, they will be told at the beginning of the night, look, if we get something fantastic, if we don't, it's one of those things, you, you can't make it up, you can't fake it till you make it. it. If we get stuff, we get stuff. But all I ever, will we ever tend to say to people is we just hope that you have a great night. That's the most important thing is that you've enjoyed yourself, you take something away from it and you'd like to do it again. Yeah, so, now that's a great way of doing it. But with the medium side mm -hmm. of things, how how did it come apparent or how did you realise that you had that ability? You know, how did that, that start for you? It was from a very young age, like four or five, I realised that I could see and hear and experience things that other people weren't. Brilliant. And, and how did you deal with that? Was it, are you, you know, was it something that was... Do you know when people say stuff are passed down through generations of family, was it something that was, you know, part of your family or you're the first one in your family to have this sort of gift? My mum's mum, she'd always know things before everybody else knew them, um, such as she'd know somebody was pregnant in the family before they'd even done a test and they knew. Yeah. Um, so hers was more on a psychic basis rather than a leadership basis. Um, it was never classed as that, and we were never told that growing up. And we used to always say, Oh, no, you know, it, it's a nan thing. Hmm. Um, but it turns out it isn't because I, I knew my niece was pregnant when she was two weeks, and she had no idea as of yet. And I, I had my other niece, I knew she was pregnant before she knew my cousin the same. So I believe it's come from originated from my mum's mum basically from my gran um like I said it wasn't something within the family that was talked about or she did or didn't have any type of abilities it was just certain things that I can do I remember growing up that my gran used to do and I've got siblings um one of my siblings she's able to connect as well but she just chooses not to um I have five nieces and three of them can connect if they chose to, but none of them do. So I do believe it is within the blood. It's in within the family. Brilliant. And you're the one that's more open to explore it and everything. Um, and how did you go through that process? So from dealing with, you know, from a young age, you know, mm -hmm. that must have been quite a, can, can I say like scary in a way, you know, for something like that to happen. Do you, do you recall how you were able to sort of manage that process and, you know, from that young age to who you are now, you know, how did yeah, you... Yeah, it kind of, it, it was normal for me. It wasn't abnormal. It was normal. I was a child and we all have imaginary friends and all the rest of it. So I just thought everyone said I had imaginary friends. So I believed I had imaginary friends because only I could see them, nobody else could. So obviously went along with the imaginary friend scenario Not for really. a long time um got stronger as I became a teenager and then you know go to high school and everything else I um I was actually bullied at school quite a lot in general for years for I hated school 
Um, so I never was open and honest to anyone when I was at school. Um, I couldn't wait to leave because I was probably, well, most of my school life I was bullied at school, basically. I don't know why I'm mm. laughing, it's not funny. But I was pretty much bullied pretty much most of my my school life. So the last thing I was going to do is tell anybody that I was, in a, you know, little bit strange or a little bit weird I experienced things that other people didn't so I kept it to myself for a very long time um and I didn't really explore it until um a personal tragedy in in my life I'd already started delving into it a little bit but then after this person passed everything just seemed to heighten Mm. um I started going to church spiritualist church I started going and seeing platform mediums work and all the rest of it and I was like do you know what I finally realized kind of how to put it like make my place in the world maybe um like you're calling yeah I've never said that before I don't know where that just came from but literally yeah it's apparently it was my place in the world um that's literally what just dropped into my head there and it's just developed from there onwards as I've got as the years have gone on, I started um, doing one-to-one readings. I started setting up my own psychic suppers, working with other mediums. I set up my own platform events. And this was all prior to getting into the paranormal and investigating. So I did all of that prior to this. Prior mm. to this. But um, I did go to a development circle about seven six years ago but that was more to do with the fact that I wanted to learn different ways of working because I was developing all these other tools and all these other skills but I didn't quite know how to use them correctly or the right Mm. way to use them so I did go to a circle for about 18 months two years just so I could get to a point where I could understand myself more and my abilities more in what I was developing because all of a sudden I pretty much had all the senses. I went from just having um, cognitive and clairvoyance to clairaudient to then, you know, I had all the clairs by the time I finished and about four or five years ago, I accidentally discovered that I could do trans mediumship and channeling. Okay. I was so doing a one-to-one reading. You're still learning things now. Yeah. It's um, Yeah, that was a really random one-to-one reading I was doing. And I was telling some people about it on an investigation last Friday, actually. So I went out and last Friday um, with another team as their guest medium. And... Yeah, I was doing a one-to-one and the lady just suddenly in floods of tears. And I was like, oh no, what have I said? I've I've upset her. I've I don't know, what have I done? What have I done? I was kind of in a little bit of panic mode, to be honest. And I said, You okay? Do you want me to continue? All right. And um yeah, and that's when I soon found out yet again that I've got another string to my bow. I didn't know I had. And afterwards she said, You are my husband. She said, literally, your facial features, everything. She said, at one point, you even had his voice. I could hear him in your voice. And I was like, oh. Literally, what the poor lady doesn't know is after she left, I literally crapped myself. Because so I was like, <laughs> that's never happened before. And how that? How the hell did that happen? 
And I was so confused. And this is partly why I started doing development circles. It's like, whoa, I don't want that happening again. I don't know how to control it. Hmm, definitely. Um, just before we go on, the comments are not working on StreamYard. So I've got my phone next to me. So I'm just going to give a few shouts to people that are watching. Um, Pamela Illman. Hi, Julie Wilson. Lauren Higgins said, hey, Karen, it's great to see you, lovely, with a kiss. Um, everyone at Portal to the Paranormal says hello. Sam Owen, Debbie Taylor, um, Stephen Robertson, uh, Anne, thank you all for watching and coming in. I do apologise, I can't put your comments on screen, but I will try and refer back to your comments. Um, but to go back to your medium stuff then, so like I said, you're still learning a lot of stuff now, um, even though you've been doing this for a number of years. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, one of the questions I always ask, do you think religion plays a part in what you do? Like, do you believe that there's a factor in religion of, you know, believing the religious stuff or is it just based on the person that does the mediumship? I have met lots of people from different walks of life that do what I do. Mm. Um. And when it comes to, I don't really have a, like I said, I go to spirit for the church and things like that. That's more for me. That's more like, a, it's not so much for the mediumship. It's not so much like with the, the praying and all the rest of it. I've never really been a religious person, but spiritualist church, I find is a very comforting place for me. I kind mm. of feel at home there, but I've never been into religion or anything. Everyone, each to their own. Um, and like I said, there's there's psychics, mediums and all that out there that come from all different walks of life. So there is a bit of debate, obviously, with different religions and beliefs, belief systems yeah. and everything else. But when it comes down to it, we're all just flesh and bone. We're all the same, regardless of what you believe in or what you don't believe in. Yeah, it, it's a choice, you know, and I think, as you're saying, a lot of people, we just need to respect people's choices. That's um, the thing. And that's the most important thing. Everyone has a belief. If mm -hmm. you choose to believe in something, then fair dues. You know, it makes you happy. It gives you comfort. Um, but with that, you know, a lot of the things that I'm going to touch on the D word. A lot of people don't like me bringing it, like demonic entities and mm -hmm. things like that. Being a medium, um, you know, something I actually saw on Facebook today. Some people are asking the question, when you're tuning into a spirit, do you think that's actually a spirit that was a living spirit or do you think it could be something other than a spirit, something that wasn't actually placed on this earth? Now, that is a very interesting question because we had an experience of this only last Friday. Oh, okay. So I'm glad I've asked you then so you can tell me about that. <laughs> so um, myself and my friend Gary Fields, we were guest mediums on an event for West London Paranormal. And we both made connections with earthbound spirits. Okay. There was a lot of residual there as well. But there was also something dark, which I don't believe was from this earth plane. Okay. Personally. Um, I know people are shoot me down for that. But hey, like I said, have respect for each other. And everyone has their own beliefs in different things. Definitely. Um but Gary, actually, I don't delve in those that side of things. I try and I put my protection goes up and that's it. I'm out. 
I'll stay in the situation, but I'm out as in I'm not communicating with anything I don't feel comfortable communicating with. Yeah. I've, I've in, you know, I've conversed with dark spirits and things in not so nice people and all the rest of it. But when it comes to that side of things, I make that personal choice that I do not want to be involved with it. And I don't want to try and communicate with something, but he brought whatever that was, he brought that through. And yeah, I, I genuinely, the energy of it, how to explain it, the energy of it is completely different. I was just about to ask you, how do you tell the two apart? You know, is it based on the feeling that you're given or mm. something that you're seeing? You know, how do you pick up your stuff? Is it based on vision, hearing? It's a little bit of, it touches on a little bit of everything. Mm. Um, but more when it's that side of things, I tend to feel that more as an energy source. And you can, like if you're in the energy, you, you can work it out, which what's what or what is a, a spirit that wasn't very nice in life and hasn't changed when they've passed over because well, you don't suddenly get a personality transplant just because you've crossed over um <laughs> i like the way you put that what's that <laughs> the, the, you don't get a personality personality transplant when you cross over That's a good well, it's true you it. are who you are that it will never yeah. change you know you've gone from physical spiritual you know yeah. that, that's it you're just not in this physical body anymore you're still the same person, same person definitely. yeah inside and out regardless you're just a different version of yourself that's the way i look at it but yeah i don't i don't disbelieve in the darker side of things and i do believe there are darker entities and things like that about um, but personally, I choose not to participate, shall we say. And when you said that, you said that you do a protection, you know, I take it as something that keeps you grounded and it keeps you focused mm -hmm. on what you want to do. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt something darker that's been stronger than the protection that you've put in place? Like that has like pushed you to your limits or tried to break through in a way? I've had it on one occasion, but then it tends to be because Gary wants to interact and he's quite happy to be putting himself out there. And I'm like, hey, hey, don't speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting involved in this one. Um, we, we have had over the years, we have had a couple of occasions where I'm like, Do you know what, I'm out. This has got to a certain point where I don't feel comfortable. I'm not happy to be in this vicinity. So... I have actually left the situation because I don't need to prove anything to anyone of my abilities and what I can and what I can't do. And at the end of the day, personally for me, if those people want to stay, that that's completely their choice. You know, that's down to them. They can get involved or not get involved. Mm. But me personally, if I'm feeling uncomfortable and I feel like something could be a threat in some way, then I remove myself from the situation, and that's like I said yet again. It's just a personal choice. No, no, it's absolutely. You know, it is a choice that you make. Um, but sometimes you see, like when you're watching it on TV, um, you know, when you listen to other podcasts as well, they they talk about how strong these entities can be. Mm -hmm. You know, can they? Feel, do you believe that they can 
physically push through your protection and still take control or make you feel things that you wouldn't want to feel? I always feel that you you are in control of yourself and your own safety is, is the way I look at it. And if I feel that something is too dark and is pushing, then I'll push back to a certain degree. It's not that I'm scared and I run away or anything like that. It's just that I I know how exhausting, you know how exhausting it is having just a paranormal hangover. You imagine having something <laughs> dark and disgusting within your energy. No, thank you. And how do you push that back? Is it like, you know, doing more protection or is it like... Pushing out light, pushing it away, um, making your vicinity of your protection to a larger scale, to a larger area. I'll be honest. I hold my hands up. I'll be honest. Um, It's not very often I actually ground and protect when I go and do an investigation. So you leave yourself quite vulnerable then to... I have done for years. As well. Yeah, I have done for years. Rightly or wrongly, some people are like, oh, no, you should make sure you do this and you should make sure you do that. Um, my The ladies that ran my circle in church would go mad at me right now if they were listening to this. But, <laughs> yeah, again, it's personal choice. If I feel, If I feel that I need something, then that's different. If I know I'm going to a certain place, somewhere I've been before, and I know what I've interacted with, and I need to keep myself safe, then I will do so, and I will, you know, protection of light, ground myself, and all the rest of it. Um, but I obviously I've got my guides and everything, and as far as you know, they keep me safe. Yeah, and they, and, you know, they protect me, and they do know when it's like, Karen, come on. Time to do one. Time to move on. Yeah. And you know, with with this, you know, is there a way that you can like do you know when you're having one of those days where you just need to be Karen, not a medium, Mm -hmm. not anything? Is there a way that you can just switch it off? Like how how do you switch that off? Do you do it through like meditating? What's your get out for when you just I close all my chakras? I shut myself down. Um I will, I will close all my chakras, I'll close myself down, I'll ground, protect myself, and I'll be like, shop shut. I'll let you know when I'm reopening, kind of thing. Um, Ari, Gary always says his office is shut, but me, like the shop's closed, that's it. When, when I open for business, I'll let you know when I'm ready again. Um, as you're aware of recent events, I've been shut down. I, I did that for quite quite a few few weeks obviously for recent events and everything mm. um i went and did an investigation up in the corn exchange a few weeks ago but i didn't actually work didn't really work mediumship wise that night because i just was there to investigate because i wasn't ready for it whereas on friday i wasn't sure whether i was ready for it i wasn't ready for it but it just happened and i was like okay this information is too too good for me not to to use it and not to yeah. use myself, you know. I was there. I was booked to be the guest medium. So it was a little bit of a different situation. So I was open and ready to work on Friday. But I will choose and I will de- I will make the decision whether I'm working or whether I'm not working. Sometimes, sometimes 
spirit has other ideas and I'm like ah you think you're not working you got another thing coming and do, do you ever go into like public places where have you ever come across someone where a spirit's come through that wants you to pass on a message or you know do they just suddenly out of the blues when you're not expecting it and have you ever had that interaction with a member of public for example where you've just sort of had to address them based on what you're being told um the way I've always been taught is you do not genuinely go up to anyone in, the, yeah. in that kind of, I feel that if people want something, they will come to you or they will come to that type of event. I would never, um, personally, it's like again, personal choice. It's personally, choice, yeah. I will not approach someone and say, excuse me, I potentially have a message for you. Um, because I don't, me, I, I don't genuinely believe it's the right thing to do. But I know I've got friends and things, don't get me wrong. If it's that strong, they will approach someone. But for me personally, it's not something I've ever really done. Except for on one occasion, it wasn't in a public place. It's actually at work. Um, it was actually my supervisor at work. This is going back about, oh, crikey. You're probably looking about 20 years. Um and I saw her mum every single day. And she literally badgered me constantly. Even to the point she actually come home with me a couple of times because I was not passing on her message. Wow. Anyway, in the end, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have, this is when I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to start shutting down. How do I do this? How do I close? I'm always open. What do I do? Mm. And this is when I started seeking advice and everything of because I'd never closed before. I'd never had this experience before. Not really. I probably mm. had it, but not really recognised it as okay. much. But because I worked with this person five days a week, eight hours, eight, 10, 12 hours a day, it was constantly driving me mad. And I did actually say to her, look, um, you know, I do, I do weird and wonderful things, as you put it, because she was aware of what I did. And she didn't believe in it. And I said, look, I know you don't believe in it, but would you be offended if I pass on some information to you? I don't want to upset you. I don't want to offend you or do anything to disrespect you in any way. Um, and she went, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, half an hour later, I wish I hadn't bothered because it was just every. It was just it was all constant. And she said to me after, went, thank you. I don't. I I didn't believe in all of that before. She said, but I can honestly say I believe in it now. She said, because you wouldn't have known any of that. Like, I didn't know where she lived. We worked together. She's my supervisor. I don't know where she lives. Mm. I knew her mum had passed, but I didn't know when. Because it's common knowledge at work. Yeah. And um, everything else that I told her, I wouldn't have had a clue. But she said that really did change her opinion about if there is something after and she said and it also changed her opinion on she said people like me were her words basically that's always stuck with me people like you and that's one memory i've always kept with me i, I think the problem with it um people like you i've heard how can i say it without saying that i'm trying to be a, you know no, being a medium, okay so being a medium mm -hmm. you know before i got involved in this if i saw a medium and i'm not saying this is the case now but I do believe that there's a lot of people that claim to be a medium, but they just prey on vulnerable people. Do, do you get what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they're, they're using 
techniques to get information without even that person knowing you know so do you find it hard when you tell people that you're a medium do you find it hard to because you get a lot of fake people does that put you in the bracket with those fake people because there's so many people that do it the wrong way and you're that one person that is doing it the right way does that do you get what I'm saying yeah I know what you're saying but with me you know what a long time ago um because they did come across a situation many years ago with someone and they turned around and said to my husband, oh, yeah, well, she's she's full of, you know, and it's a load yeah. of crap and this, that and the other. And I don't believe in it. Oh, she preys on the vulnerable and all the rest of it. And she probably reads it all on Facebook and da, 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 you know, she doesn't really do it. She's finding out all her information first. And he went, well, if that's how you feel, don't talk to me about it and don't disrespect my wife when you know nothing about her and what she does. Yeah. But... I also know from personal experience, even like the fact I do it, but when my dad passed and we're going back nine years ago, bearing in mind I have a Facebook page and it states on my Facebook page, Karen Frey, medium and holistic therapist. I'll give you a clue. Um, I actually had random people contact me. Oh, saying I've got a message for you, this, that, and the other. And, um, I do not, that is one thing I'll never do. I will never, ever drop somebody, a random person, just because I picked something up, I will never message someone and say, oh, look, I've got some information for you, or can I give you a reading, or can I tell you this? It's, I don't, out of respect, I wouldn't, and I don't do that. Mm. But I have had it happen to me, and I've had the most random, stupidest, messages from people before um like telling me crap basically of um yes i bit you know your dad came through to me and this is what he said it's like yeah i'm sure he did like i just block they even bother replying i just read it and i'm like yeah whatever and i've had it a few times where you've had people like unfortunately you do have those few people i've been for a reading before Obviously, it, doing it myself, I can't connect with my own loved ones. It doesn't work like that. That that's the that's the probably the saddest thing about it that that you can't. Okay. Um, a lot of people say, and I have heard from people before, said, so, "Well, you can," but me personally, I wouldn't trust myself because it's like, is that that them saying that to you, or are you just making that up in your own head that you think it's them saying it? You can't, you, you wouldn't be able to work it out. You wouldn't know whether it was you or whether it was them. So I do know people that have done it um, spoke to loved ones and things, which is, you know, I'm not discrediting them at all. But me personally, I wouldn't even at- attempt to try, you know, yeah. because I've come across, I like I said, I've been for one-to-one readings and I've walked away and thought, wow, that was like a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> it was generalized. I've been to platform nights where it's really generalized. And basically it could make sense to about 15 out of 20 people, you know. And they're all sat there thinking the same thing of like, oh, it's for me, it's for me, it's for me. And I have been quite disappointed on occasions when I've gone to these events myself. I, I love going to them. I love meeting other mediums and having a good, basically going out and having a good night out. 
socialising in a way, aren't you? Yeah, but it, sadly, I have been to platform nights and things, and I've had one-to-one readings where I've walked away and thought, "Don't give up your day job. <laughs> why? What? Why are you doing this?" But do you find it frustrating those mm-hmm. sorts of people that are not true to what they're saying? You know, yeah. does that not make it harder for you to? be that person that's saying look I am here I'm honest I'm genuine and I'm doing things the right way doesn't that make it harder for you to be able to prove I know you say you don't have to prove yourself but you want to share your gift when you're out on these events doesn't that make it harder when you've got people that are I'll say it as it is faking it yeah you know and it's it's unfortunate because it's such a great industry to be in the paranormal is such a good community but there's too many liars and things like that that makes it a lot harder to show that what what you're doing is genuine do you know what i mean it's yeah. it is a real it really is a real shame in that respect it's not just mediumship wise but it's across the board really you know like if you feel you need to fake evidence or whatever else then why are you doing it yeah i was saying it the other day we were on the podcast and i said why would you want to spend six hours in a cold tunnel just mm-hmm. to fake some stuff it's just there's just no point What's in the it point? And, and it's the same, yeah, it's the same with other things. You know, if you've got a fake stuff to get somewhere, you know, good on you. You've got somewhere with it. But do you really want to live a line knowing that you've been fake? It's mm-hmm. it's horrible. But, you know, um, again, just to mention a few people that have joined. Gillian, uh, hello. Uh, Glenn Shell, hello. Rachel Ashman, hello. Jojo Rogers. Um, everyone, thank you for watching. Um, Rachel's the wife. Rachel, yeah. Rachel, the wife. That's Rachel. what we. That's what I call her wifey yeah um, brilliant um so with regards to your events you've said that you've recently started to get involved with the more technical side of things like equipment um yeah. have you found a piece of equipment that you like the most or are you still you know what kind of equipment have you started to use to be perfectly honest i've done two events um in the last three months and both times i've took the same pieces of equipment um got a ridiculous amount of equipment got pretty much everything apart from the kitchen sink type thing you know <laughs> but I, there's no way i could take everything i've got that well eddie bought that much stuff i've got way too much to take on an event i'd probably need a team of people to take all the stuff from my house to actually go in the first place take it all um but both try the last two i've done i've just taken the ovulus three and the five and I've taken the Eddie box, which is Spirit Radio that Eddie built. Oh, brilliant. And how are you finding using the equipment? Do you, are you starting to be more open to it or do you prefer not using it? Interesting. Interesting. The, the radio, he built the radio during lockdown, during COVID. Um, he built six of them. I have two and the other four are with other investigators within the field. Um, and uh, well, other teams. But the radio, I've I've sussed it now. The first night I took it, Rachel used it. I didn't even use it. Um, she was like, told me to bring it. So she used it that night. I used it on Friday and that was interesting. And for me, I like um, using like PSP7 or using and doing Esters or using a spirit radio or anything like that because it's good for not just the public, but other investigators to actually hear and experience what I get to do. Mm. 
So it's really it's really good, especially when they corroborate information you've given. Perfect. Um, Rachel's just actually commented. One, she said that you're way out of her league, for one. Um, <laughs> and the second one, she said the Eddie box is amazing. So um, she said it's absolutely brilliant piece of equipment. She, that will be because when we did the corn exchange. Was that with the um, raft chasers? That you, they, say again, sorry. Was that with the raft chasers at the corn exchange? Yeah, yeah, that was LSP. That's Rachel's team. Mm. Um, so I went, I went along with the wife as you do. And um, she turned the radio. People were asking what it was, basically. So she turned it on and it came out with some language, shall we say. And she was like, oh, that was enough of that. And so she turned it off. And that was just <laughs> right at the beginning when we were still signing people in because they were they were asking what it was, basically. So she decided just to turn it on and show them. Um, that was fun. I missed that. And then when we went out, into our group, Rachel and I ran a group together. She took a, a handful of people. I took a handful of people um, within our group. And we just did the same area, but went off to two different parts, basically. I yeah. used the obvious's um, and the periscope and the music box. They're, they're like all my top things. <laughs> and because mainly because I know how to use them. Because um, <laughs> they're simple. That, that'd be the other reason, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, Rachel used the radio, and when she turned it on, Rachel got. Um, Did she get told to get? Um, mm -hmm. She just put a comment. Told me to get effed. Is that right? Yeah, that's when she turned it on the first time. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, when she turned it on, she put it on top of the piano in the break area at the beginning of the night, and that's that's the first two words that came out of it. Basically, it was the well, radio. That's the first that she got. Um, should have got Rachel on really to explain the other bit, but then she used it with the public um, in the toilet area of all places, and she got the man himself come through talking to her. Amazing. So, yeah, the first time and I've been out on an investigation, the first time I'd taken the radio out, and um, Rachel actually had Eddie come through to her on his radio oh, more than wow. once. Um. She was absolutely shocked by it, and she even said to the public that were in her group, what did that say? And they confirmed that they all heard the same thing, is what she thought she'd heard. So um, I think it came through two or three times. I think it was, I it was two or three times. She'd tell you, but I think it was two or three times altogether. Um, he actually came through to her through um, his own radio. Really? Um, Sarah... <laughs> Um, has just asked, is the Eddie box like a geo box? Like, are they yes. similar? Yeah. Um, so, so Eddie come through, mm -hmm. you know, the Eddie box. Um, and if you don't mind me, I know this is a bit That's personal. Okay. How, how did you take that, you know, for, you know, when you found out? Well, I found out pretty quickly because when I was with the other group, uh, we have the obviouses. And I like to put them both together because on very, very, very rare occasions, you probably know yourself, it never really tends to happen where you get the same words come through the, both at the same time. Yeah. Or they both work at the same time. One might work, the other one won't. Doesn't, yeah. I like to do a little experience with them. But anyway, cut a long story short, um, we had 10 words come through, bang, 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 bang. And every single word that came through 
I didn't make it fit because I don't believe in making stuff fit. It doesn't matter how you feel or how much you want to hear from that person. Either it fits and it makes sense or it doesn't. It's quite yeah. simple. Um, I refuse to make things fit. And all the first 10 words that came through on the obvious, every single one was relatable to myself and to him. So the reason I found out that the Eddie box was working and that she got what she had is because I went rushing off to the toilet to go in Tanner. Oh my God, you don't know what's happened with the obvious. And she's like, wait, I've got to tell you something first. And I was like, but I got, and she went, no, just let me speak first. So, and she told me, don't get me wrong. I did get a bit upset. And I said, look, I, I need to go. So I, I left the room, composed myself, got myself together, sort myself out. And, um, Went back in and obviously she finished telling me and then I told her what had happened with the ovulus. And so when this was happening with the ovulus was the exact same time she was getting him through the radio. You you can't deny that. that. That's just proof how much the paranormal can work. And and it's a shame because we obviously we didn't record it because we never didn't expect to get, a, she didn't expect to turn it on and start getting stuff straight away. So when we weren't actually prepared to even the last thing we thought was the fact that he'd even come through not that early and not through his own device but i knew he would eventually but not yet not as quick as he but then yeah. that must that must show if you don't mind me saying that the love that he had for you was so strong that he was able to do that as quick as he did mm-hmm. you know i do believe love is a factor and if someone mm-hmm. has that you know they they can do anything in the spirit world. And that's my personal beliefs anyway. Um, it's like we we had a gentleman, we went to Fort Whitley in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And he was a skeptic. He didn't believe in any of it. And he come up to me and we were walking down this tunnel. He was like, Look, I'm here because my missus, she likes to do it. And You've I've always got one of them on every event, I swear. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is great, you know. But when when we go to the events, because I'm no, you know, I'm not a medium, I don't, I I purely work on technology and things like that. That's how I pick up evidence. And when when you go, when you go to these locations, you're thinking about the history, aren't you? You know, what what's happened here and trying to communicate that with spirits that relates that history. Anyway, yeah. this guy, we were in the tunnel and his father had come through. Right, we had the spirit box on and it said the guy's name, his partner's name and his sister's name. And we didn't have a clue to start with. And then he was like, son, I'm here. And then he said, I'm behind you. And then as that come through the spirit box, the gent had something to tug at his hair. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last thing he made was, I'm sorry, and think about what you're doing. So it, to us as investigators, it was very random. But then yeah. he come out and he was literally like tearing up. So we went back to the hub and, you know, his partner and I think his partner's mum were like giving him a hug. But it was just... For me, that was amazing because I've never witnessed yeah. a personal thing. I'm there trying to find out about the history of these locations, but that's the first time I've ever been on an investigation where, you know, someone has had a personal message come through. And every moment we did ask, are you happy to continue? Do you want us to stop yeah. the line of questioning? But I think all he said was, don't say his name directly, you know, just carry on with what we're doing. But that was amazing to me. And I think, you know, again, it just shows the love is so strong that spirits can come at you mm-hmm. at any time. And with this guy, you know, leading into another question, where he where he didn't believe, do you think he may have been more vulnerable and that's why he got the message without realising? Not always, because when I've been on events before, it's not just like events I'm running or working. It's just ones I've attended in the past. 
Mm. Um, never adverse on going to being a guest on someone else's event and just going and enjoying the night for a change rather than actually working it or whatever. And we've had experience in the past where personal messages have come through the board. Um, did an event once where somebody was coming through the board, but due to the way they passed, that's the way I'm going to put it, due to the way they passed, it was very, very personal. And I said, and the information I was getting, so I did say to these people, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, and I appreciate the fact that it does, does come through, um, but I don't feel this is the time and this is the place to give you the information that you Mm. that I'm being given um so I said look if the connection's still there I'm really sorry I don't mean you know it's just not the time it's not the place I said so if the connection's still there which may be he may stay with us for the rest of the night he he may not he might leave um but that's his personal choice I said but if he is still here and he still connects with me later on because obviously once you've given something the connection's gone they've gone that's it game over um and obviously you don't retain information because it's not your information so why do you need to keep it it's not for you you're just the voice box that's how i see it that's all i am yeah i'm just i'm just the middle woman voice box that's all i am i'm just there Mm. to give a's information to b and that's it it's nothing to do with me. I don't need to know anything afterwards and all the rest of it because it's not for me to know. Why do I need to know? and Why do I need to retain that information? But very fortunately, it's the only time it's ever happened. But very fortunately, at the end of the night, they did come to me and say, um, can you tell us now what you were going to tell us earlier? Yeah. And I said, well actually he's still here he's actually hung around he's actually been with us the rest of the night because this was only about an hour or two just before we finished so it wasn't like it was the beginning of the night or anything I said well he is still here because I can still feel his energy but it's not as strong I said so I'm happy to give you the information what if he connects with me strong enough I said that I'll give you any information he gives you and afterwards, I'm so, so glad that I professional and walked away from it and said, look, this is not the time or the place because of the circumstances um, of this person's passing. It was very personal to this family. And yeah. it, it actually not even been a week. Oh, blimey. So quite, it could have been So there's recent and there's recent. I think it had been about five or six. It stuck with me ever since. Um but it was only like five or six days or something. It was they hadn't even had a service or a funeral or anything yet. So so really raw then. So yeah. So really to... raw in both of them were literally in tears after. And I was like, I didn't realise it was that <coughs> soon, obviously, because you know, you have to look after people, you have to have a professionalism and everything else as much as they want it. You have mm-hmm. to safeguard them and think about their emotions and how they're feeling and how vulnerable they are at that time. But obviously I wasn't aware when I was saying like, I'm, I think I was telling them like X amount a month or something. And it wasn't until they just took everything and it wasn't until after. And this is why it stuck with me. Cause it was, obviously I'm not going to go into detail, 
but this is on one occasion I did kind of I did remember some of the things and it's because of the circumstances surrounding what, what was said then let's put it like that no, and how personal it was but yeah it's I've so I have given personal messages out on investigations before but not during an investigation so you choose your moment when to to do it and to be respectful and I think that's a nice thing to do um with regards to spirits and you're saying about how a person may have passed away you know mm -hmm. one of the things that you know you may be able to answer you may not want to answer but do that's you feel do you think that spirits that have died suddenly do you think mm -hmm. they're stuck in that moment because it was a shock to them they no. don't realize or do you think spirits are able to still go where they want to once they've mm -hmm. passed yeah. Because some people believe that some spirit, if they've died suddenly without expecting it, they're stuck in that moment. And it's like they sort of replay that moment all the time. Um, yeah, again, it's a personal belief thing. But personal experience, yeah. um, I had a fiancé when I was 21 and he passed in a, uh, he passed in a car accident. And I've had messages galore over the years and my family have and everything else from him yeah so i don't believe he's in a cycle of reliving what's happened and he's where it happened because if that was the case then i i actually had tickets booked for a mediumship night prior to his passing and he thought it was all a load of crap basically he was like yeah you come back and tell me you got a message i might believe you blah 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 giving it all that yeah um he passed in the August. The event yeah. was the end of September. And the first person to come through was him. Really? To myself and my family. So, no, I don't believe that's a thing. It might be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's the same for everyone. But oh, no, for this my, is I can only yeah, talk from my own experience. Beliefs, yeah. yeah. I, so I can only talk from my own experience. So based on what you believe, you believe that spirits, once they've passed, they, they can choose to, do you think they can choose to pass on? And what I mean by that, do you know when you watch it on TV, the only way I can explain it, they go into a light and then they go to somewhere. They can cross or not cross. They can, yeah, that's the way they, that was it. They so can they cross, cross over or they can stay and be a residual. So do you think spirits have the ability to still make those choices and after they've passed on then? Do you think they choose to stay or do you think it's something that they have to stay? What do you think of that? I, me personally, like again, shoot me down, whoever, if you want to. But me personally, I believe that they still have freedom of choice and that if they want to come back in visitation, they'll come back in visitation. If they feel it's not their time to move on yet, there's not their time to go and they need to be here or they want to be here for the people that they love and they care about, then I genuinely believe they can make that choice. That's just a personal thing, yet again, from my own personal experiences in my life. You know, everyone lives differently. Everyone has different personal experiences and I can only talk from what I've been through and what I've experienced. Yeah. And what about helping a spirit crossing over? Do you believe that, like, mediums and people that are in that sort of field, do you think they have the ability to help a spirit cross over as well? I have actually had experience of assisting in that in the past. Okay. Um, 
I can't remember the location. I remember it was, well, I do remember of it. It was a male, an adult male, and it was a, um, I think it was a female child. I can't remember as long ago. I think it was a female child. And I think it was. I might be wrong. It was a long time ago. But um, obviously, she wanted to go. He wasn't allowing it, being dominant and stopping her from going. Um, So myself, and I think there was two or three others. I'd never done it before. I'll be honest. And a couple of the others had. So I assisted in the circle of light and all the rest of it. Um, and they led. And it did feel, I can't guarantee that it happened and, and it worked. Because obviously I, I, I'm not exactly pop over and check. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, can't, I, can't just pop, I can't just pop over and have a look and be like, you gone or not? But mm. the, what I can say is by the time we'd finished doing what we were doing, the energy within the vicinity of us and the room um the energy was completely different it's so much lighter and we also um the temperature fluctuations were temperature and everything totally changed in the room as well and there was no reason for that so we generally believe that you know we'd done the right thing and potentially hopefully we had crossed that young child over but i can't prove it no, that's the thing. So you just got to go on what you believe in. That, mm-hmm. In that moment, you, you're just going on what's happening in that moment and hoping the best, basically. Because we were using kit and stuff as well. Whether people were using kit, and we were having interaction with the kit the entire time. Um, the temperature pretty much stayed around what it was. Didn't really fluctuate the entire time, um, and it did feel like a very heavy energy. As we explain it. Um, but then by the time, like I said, by the time we finish, the temperature had gone up, all the kit just stopped working like that. We didn't get any, there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't off or anything. It, we just stopped getting interaction from it. And then, like I said, the room felt lighter and the room actually felt warmer. So, so like I'd pop- like to think it worked. But like I said, I can't just pop over and check. No, I think you just got to hope that what you've done has worked and, you know, and it's based on what you believe. So, Brilliant. Um, and with the, you know, still with the investigation side of things, I take it you've done quite a few investigations over the years. What has been your favourite location that you've investigated and why? Favourite location. Well, obviously, I love doing the corn exchange because only Rach gets to book it. Um, so I've got to say that. No, I'm joking. No, generally, actually, we've had, each summer I have been, and we haven't been that many times. We've It's been a really interesting place. Um I'd probably say my favourite location is my personal private location. Um, Every single time I've been there, we've had a different experience. Um, Taken about three or four, maybe five different teams there at different times, like it's like a friend thing. Um, so I've taken different people there and we've had some crazy, fantastic results. And it's always been something different every time as well. It's never been, it's never been, we've had one gentleman come through pretty much every time. 
Um, that's because he thinks he owns the place. Uh, but every time we've been, we've had some sort of different interaction because it's been different people every time. Rachel's just said as well, your secret location is awesome. So she's just... Yeah, so she's been. That's well. why. <laughs> so... Um, brilliant. And if money wasn't an object, is there anywhere in the world or in the UK that you would want to investigate? Like that's on your bucket list. Wow. I'd be on a plane. I'd be, I'd be city hopping. Really? I'd go anywhere and everywhere I possibly could. Um, I do have plans in the future, not as of yet, but um, Eddie and I had a list of different things that, at different times we discussed that we'd like to do in the future. So mm. um, I have made the decision that any of those things that we haven't done or we said we were going to do and we haven't, I'm going to actually go and do them. Including you do that on your own? Would that be something you do on your own or are you going to get others involved with it? Um, I haven't thought that far ahead. I've just decided it's happening. <laughs> that simple. <laughs> no, you should go for it as well. You know, if it's, if you know it's something that you and Eddie wanted to do, you know, it'll be great to be able to still fulfill that and go for it. Um, brilliant. Um, moving on from the, you know, the event side of things, mm -hmm. you know, um, as I read earlier on, you're, a, I might say this wrong, holistic therapist. Mm -hmm. You know, can you give us a bit of background on what that is? I've never heard of it personally myself. So, okay. So it's um, Reiki healing. So do Reiki, um, Hoppy ear candling. You ever heard of that? No, no, no. No, okay. So ear candling, I've reason being I got into that in the first place is because Eddie suffered with tinnitus. Okay. And I read up on it that ear candling actually can soften the ringing in the ear. Okay. So I said, anything's worth a shot. So booked myself on a course and off I went. And you light put it's not obviously a wax candle <laughs> um it's a lint candle and you put it in the the in the ear canal and obviously you light it um and it's got like um honey wax inside i think about that inside and if that comes out and that's solidified and it's hard then you've got a blockage somewhere in the ear or okay. you've got some sort of a problem if it comes out and it's pow it's gone to powder which is really weird Still amazes me. <laughs> I'm a strange one like that. And it's powdery, then you're all clear, you're all good. There's nothing, there's no problems at all. But it works for all sorts of things. So it clears out all the sinuses and everything. So if you have sinus issues, um, any kind of ear issues, it because you drain you drain everything, basically, you drain all the fluids, everything, all out of the face. You do the head, you do the ear, you do the ears. So you, you drain all the canals, basically. So if you're full of flu or anything like that, um, it can help to clear it, basically. It can help to clear out the nostrils and things so you can breathe. So obviously everything's connected. Yeah. And is it partly, because I, I did read a bit of it online, and it was saying that it looks for like the underlying course um, by considering physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual spiritual states as well is that right mm -hmm. you know so and do you do that like by appointments like do you go and see people and you know do that for them or was it something that you just did but not doing it now 
Um, it's something that I, I'm still insured to do it. I haven't done it for a while, but um, I used to actually, we owned our own like salon at one yeah. point. This is completely off the wall, completely off the paranormal stuff. Yeah. Basically, I used to do laser tattoo removal and laser skin rejuvenation. Oh, okay. This is how it started. And then I got trained in Swedish massage. I started doing Swedish massage. I went on a course for that. Um, and then I went on a course for other different beauty stuff. And then I decided, you know what? I'm stupid. I'd already done my Reiki 1. I thought, right, I need to go and do my Reiki 2. Why, why am I not doing this? Why am I not offering this to the public as a service, as a treatment? And then because I did my level 2 Reiki, I then brought in the ear candling as well. So, yeah, I was like a one-stop shop for everything, pretty much. And I even did my readings from there on an evening, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did quite a bit then. It was a very weird kind of business. <laughs> By catered to lots of different types of people for lots of different reasons. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, perfect. Now, moving on, um, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things I'm excited about is the Festival of the Unexplained. You know, um, I was devastated. Do you know what? I booked my my wife come last year. I remember and... us speaking. I remember you messaging me and you were saying, oh, can I book this? But you can't. You know, you can't tell her or anything, and yeah. you were keeping it quiet and, and all the, you know. And I remember you messaging me, and I remember us having many a conversation. I was like, "You're not coming." You're like, "No." I was like, "Okay, leave it there." No, I was like, and then she come back and told me how great it was. You know, mm-hmm. um, and do you know what? We're we're booked on to actually do the whole weekend with you guys, and yeah. I'm absolutely buzzing for it because, you know, like I said, Sarah come back and what she said, what a success it was. You know, she oh, really. Goodness. You know, even um, Dan Winter and his partner, Lauren, they went as yeah. well. Um, and do you know what? I was gutted that I didn't go. I've got to be honest. Um, you know, if you can, just in case some of the viewers watching that don't know what it is, can you give mm-hmm. them a bit of an insight what the Festival of the Unexplained is? Okay, so Festival of the Unexplained, um, it's developed from one-day conventions. Basically, we started off six six years ago while ago now Mm. just putting on like originally it was just we were a psychic fair so basically we had readers we had exhibitors and that was it um and as the years went on um eddie had this idea of let's have some why don't we we got into the paranormal by this point Mm. and obviously we've met lots of different people so he said well why don't we start having booking speakers why don't we have another room and have speakers as well as storeholders and that developed and snowballed into three free online conventions throughout lockdown. The third one raising £1,600 for the Calm Charity. To then, the next minute, you know, people saying, well, if you can do this online all weekend, why can't you do a physical event? And mm. the next minute I know we were doing a physical event. It happened that it hadn't even thought about it. Um, and that's how we came about that we renamed Supernatural Fairs to festival of the unexplained um january 2020 yeah and yeah so it kind of it spiraled from there basically and what it it's basically it's um it's a concept of changing a little bit next year okay um but it includes an investigation um it includes speakers from this side of the pond and the other side of the pond um talking about different areas of things 
they do. Um, you have a day trip. Um, so I'll, I'll go through it properly. So Thursday evening, as yourself, you're, you're a VIP. Yep. We have minimal VIPs. We have restricted numbers for next year when it comes to VIPs. So you have more of an intimate experience. We decided to change it with that aspect. So you, if you bought a VIP ticket, say, turn up Thursday, you have a meet and greet with all the speakers. You then get to investigate with all the investigate with all the overseas speakers on Thursday night. You then get to spend the entire day within the following day on a coach trip to an undisclosed location yet because I haven't announced it. I have to remind mm. myself of things yeah, in case I start telling you stuff I shouldn't. Unless um, you want to to the paranormal, we'll be the first ones to get the location. Um, no, she uh, ain't not yet. Up. Not, no, not giving up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we then go into Friday. So you get a packed lunch. We feed you on. We don't just take you out. We do feed you. So you get, you get your lunch included on Friday. Friday evening, we then have um, dinner together. And again, this was just the VIPs only for next year. Then we have evening entertainment, which I haven't announced either yet. I know what it is. It's all booked. It's all sorted. But we have evening entertainment. That is yet again another little announcement that will be coming out soon, soon. rather soon. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, we just had talks this year. Next year, we're having talks from our speakers, and we're also putting on some workshops as well. So there'll be a little bit of something for everyone. You'll have all your exhibitors, so you'll have all your storeholders, you'll have readers there, you'll have people selling all sorts of weird and wonderful things. You can do meet and greets with the speakers throughout both days, get autographs, photos, all that sort of thing. And then Saturday night is party night. We do like the party. So um, this year we had a DJ and a live band. Begrudgingly, next year... I'm so excited. Next year, we are having a live band. woo Because I chose them. Um, and then we're doing karaoke. Oh, that, that's going to get taken over by Sarah then, because she loves her karaoke. That's fine. As you long know, as so. nobody expects me to do if anything, no, then... If no one I'm else happy. wants to do it, Sarah will be up there and she'll be, you know, give her a few drinks. She'll be up there all night doing the karaoke for you. Um, but last year they were all still dancing when we were like at the point where we should be turning the lights on now <laughs> really well, yeah we should be going to bed now you know we've got to all get up again tomorrow and start all over again but yes yeah, so if you buy the vip package it's three evenings and three days of full-on fun-packed entertainment and like i said you're fortunate in the fact that the tickets you have purchased that you get to do the full investigation and you have them to yourself. Well, not just you. The VIPs have all the, have the speakers to themselves Thursday night, all day Friday and Friday night, which we didn't do that this year. We allowed um, another ticket option. So we had other t- uh, a different ticket option where people arrived on Friday evening. But I've taken the decision for next year not to do that. So you either are a VIP and there's only three... VIP tickets left. That is it. And where can people go to book their tickets? You can book them on www.festivalofthenexplained.com. If you miss out on the VIP, 
it's sad, but we have the Black Magic ticket, which means you can come all day Saturday to the Saturday night party and dinner and Sunday throughout the day. But then because we took one of the options away, we gave another option. So you can either have, you can also book like a fairy day ticket for Saturday, which only is the daytime, does not include the party. Or you can buy an imp ticket, which is the Sunday. Okay. And with regards to speakers, it's not just about paranormal. You have like the, like people about UFOs. You do open it up to a number of different speakers, don't you? Um, yeah. Because we, like I said, we were used to be called Supernatural Fairs, and that's why we were called what we were. Yeah. Because we bring all different types of people together. It's not all purely investigators or mediums or whatever else. We little, we bring a little bit, a different element to it, basically. Um, and that was because I went to Spiritualist Church. Spiritualist Church didn't like paranormal people and they didn't like what they did and they thought we were disrespectful. And I was like, hold on a minute, I'm in, I'm in both camps here. Yeah, We need to sort this out. And this is why the conventions were born in the first place. It was to bring the people that don't normally communicate in the same room together and show them, actually, you're not that different. That's absolutely brilliant. And this year so far, you've announced some guest speakers. And I think one of them's Danny Moss that you've got coming. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So um, I was thinking then, who who can I say and who can't I say that have and haven't been announced? Because this is where I get myself into trouble. Um, yeah, we've got Danny Moss from Haunted Hunts and the Haunted Hotel. Um, we've got Daniel Class is coming back. The lovely Dan. Yeah, we, we had him on um, our podcast. He's great. Yeah, I, I love. I should say I love them all, but yeah, Dan's Dan's a top bloke. Um, he owns the as you know, he owns the Hinsdale House. Yeah, he's executive producer on Death Walker on Nick Roth show. Um, obviously in his own right, he's done lots of other TV stuff and the Ghost Finders. Um, so we got lovely Daniel through public demand. Daniel Class is coming back next year. Um. We've also got Daryl Marston from Ghost Hunters. Yeah. I do like Daryl. I've watched him for years. Well, that sounds really wrong. I sounds like a stalker. But yeah, I followed him for years, not watched him. That sounded really wrong. <laughs> the way I put that there. Um, <laughs> to retract that statement very quickly, um, we have got, which I've now named her the resident historian, Penny Griffiths Morgan. So she yeah. will be our tour guide on the Friday. And what people don't know is Penny's actually um, picked our historic location for next year's coach trip. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. That's a lot of pressure on her shoulders then too. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just sort of put it out there. But, you know, <laughs> it's her fault. I'm joking. Um, everyone loved her so much this year and they really enjoyed it. So, obviously, I invited her back next year. And, yeah, she's she's picked the location and everything for next year's history tour um penny's actually written a book about bosworth hall where the ve the venue that the event takes place at and she actually wrote that um prior to this convention that happened this year mm. so if you want to know about the history of bosworth buy penny's book a bit of a plug for her i don't know oh and tony ray because rather than ufology next year we are having Tony Ray, which is a past life regressionist, and he's been doing it for over 40 years. Um, he's a past life regressionist, and he's also a hypnotherapist. So 
instead of the US side, UFO side of things, we are bringing you yet again another different element at next year's event. And then there are other announcements coming soon. No one's getting <laughs> any sneak peeks of it, no? Watch the live next when next Wednesday. Yeah, next on Wednesday. the Festival of the Unexplained Facebook page, and you'll find out. Brilliant. Um, and with the Festival of the Unexplained, you know, it's uh, it's been a success. You know, um, when everyone come back from it last year, they were raving about it, and I'm sat in the corner like jealous. But um, what do you see going forward? Like, do you have bigger plans for it going forward? You know, or do you see like you know, where do you see the Festival of the Unexplained going? To be perfectly honest with you, it was a case of, like I said, because of the online stuff, it was put out there that people wanted to have the same experience, but in person. Um, it was a case of the VIPs by Saturday were asking me, what's the date next year and what's the location going to be? And I was like, at that time... I'll be perfectly honest, back in March when the event was taking place, I had no plans to do it all again next year. Okay. At that time. Um, but everyone seemed to enjoy it so much. And people are asking, like, what's happening next year? Who are you going to have speakers? And, you know, where are you going to hold it and everything else? So, so, and I said to her, I said, um, yeah, I think I better. He said, Well, he said, you need to pull your finger out then. He said, and start sorting stuff out. I said, It sounds like I need to, doesn't it? And um, and he he came, he obviously came along to the event and everything. And he couldn't believe, like, how he always he said he'd always knew it'd be successful because he said, Every time I put I do anything, I put my heart, my soul, my passion, I put everything into it for mm. it to be successful. Um, it was a lot of sleepless nights very 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 long days and interviews in the middle of the night with americans and all sorts of things <laughs> but you know what i had nine hours rachel and i had like nine hours sleep i think we had like two meals all weekend but i can honestly say every single bit of it was well worth it at, at the end and i generally had um one of the people that one of the public that attended said to me on sunday I won't out him, <laughs> um, just in case he doesn't want me to mention his name. But he said to me on Sunday evening, we were on the phone, he said, um, do you know why? He said, I've rebooked and I'm coming back next year. I said, well, obviously, because you want to spend the weekend with me again. You know, it's <laughs> the only reason you book, obviously. And he said, that the only, he said, be honest, it's because at the end when you gave your speech, which I don't do speeches, it's not my thing, Um he said, you you could see the passion and how genuinely grateful you were to all the speakers and all the public that attended. He said, the way you spoke, he said, the, you know, it wasn't even the fact that you were in tears. Well, I was, I was a mess. I was in tears the whole lot. So I was so, so grateful Yeah. for not just the speakers attending, but all the genuine support from the public and seeing them enjoy themselves and them saying what a great weekend they had and when's the next one and all the rest of it with by day two, you know, that showed me that all that hard work and all those sleepless nights were well worth it. And I'll do it all again and I am. No, I think um, it's like Sarah's just said as well. You know, one thing she's always said, there's 
in the U in America, you see these paracons going on all the time, and you know these conventions. But there's not a lot of them in the UK, is there? No. And I think as soon as Sarah saw it on Facebook last year, you know she was on it, and it was just like it's so good to bring the community together, and you're bringing not just like paranormal investigators, but you're doing a wide range of different sectors mm -hmm. that people can get involved in, and you know, and it sounds like it's an absolutely great weekend. And I really can't wait to join you guys and experience it for myself um and like i said anyone watching if you want to um you know come for a day trip or see what tickets are available head over to www.festivalofthenexplained.co.uk dot com dot com sorry i got that last one right. um you know and like i said you know i've had people from portal to the paranormal they went up there and they had a blast so you won't regret going um but you know what karen it's been absolutely lovely talking to you you know, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, you know, things that you've done. Waffling you know. on, chewing your ear off. <laughs> you know what I did say to you, though? I did say I had quite a few questions for you, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, especially if you, you, you've you got yourself involved in a number of different things within the paranormal, and it's just good to get your beliefs and your opinions, you know, on what you believe. Because like you said, everyone has a different opinion and there's yeah. no right or wrong answer to it. Um, and thank, yeah, exactly. And thank you so much for giving us that time and sharing it with us, um, you know, and what you've done. Um, but I'm going to let you go. I just want to say thank you for everyone for watching. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast this evening um, and we'll be back really soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you.